0: Satan is absolutely not done. He is going to try to put you back into that place of trauma. And that's the importance of this segment. At some point, you've got to know this thing is coming back after you. And it's being actively driven by a real devil with real power who is a real bully. And if you're not able to stand knowing that you got Jesus Christ with you and his protection and his armor around about you, and you're able to stare that thing down and say, no, not again. Thank you for joining us for Effective Heart Change. The podcast will discuss how to apply faith principles to real-life situations. (music) This is Effective Heart Change. Welcome, Dale, to Effective Heart Change. We are back for another version of talking about trauma, except this time we're not talking about trauma shutting us down. We're talking about overcoming trauma, defeating trauma, getting to a place where we can get back to receiving and growing and being strong.
1: It gets in the way, doesn't it?
0: Trauma is amazing in terms of because faith works. When a trauma point hits, fear is in the faith zone. When a trauma point hits, it's like we've got this open door, and it's, it, we're, we're drinking from a fire hose, if you will, in a way that is just running over our person, and it just completely takes over, it completely dominates.
1: Which brings us to the question I told you I was going to ask you, uh, fear leads to trauma. Uh, Excessive fear leads to trauma. Is trauma self-inflicted then?
0: You know, you, you really kind of pull me off, you know, when you say that. In a sense, you can't say yes, because there has to be at least an event there from the outside, okay. so, so you, can't, you can't say it's totally self-inflicted. There is an event, and there is something that could be traumatic, but I'll tell you what there's an incredible power in a person's filter in a person's looking at life and looking at the situations and how we receive and respond. So it's almost like I can't say no and I can't say yes but your question is incredibly insightful.
1: This is an historic moment. <laughs> this is a historic <laughs> moment. <laughs> so but what struck me when we were talking about the fear is what, you, what I do as an individual with my fear. Uh, if it's going to develop into trauma, uh, I'm the one that's pushing it along. It's my fixation on the situation that's going to move it along. I think that might be slightly helpful insight in trying to deal with it, a, a starting point. And wow. that's what we're talking about today.
0: Back to the word focus. You know, on the one hand, I'm a little uncomfortable with your language from this standpoint. <laughs>
1: That's nothing new. <laughs> oh, that, you know, it's,
0: it's there. I'm a little bit uncomfortable because when you say the word trauma, you're dealing with people who feel victimized. And so then when you, you use the language, my perception, and you didn't say that word, but my perception is what caused me to move towards trauma. Then you've got this person who's already feeling victimized, and and they're going to say, so you're telling me it's all my fault, and and the answer is no, Uh, and that's where I'm I'm saying from a different point of view, no, I can't say that because I believe in this concept of all things work by spiritual authority, and there are things that I can hit you with or you can hit me with or, or whatever that are at a high enough intensity level that it's really not reasonable to expect any person not to respond out of that trauma viewpoint. So when things hit you at a high enough level, I guess I, I, I'm uncomfortable when you're saying, well, I'm the reason I went into trauma. Eh, all of us can get with, hit with something at a high enough level that that statement doesn't quite hold up. I see that. And, and uh, I appreciate you you're
1: going to some length. To, to answer the question I, I ask. I, I tend to be on the more, uh, I need to examine what I'm do, doing or not doing. And so that's why I had that question in the first place.
0: What you said is absolutely true. My response of feeding on the fear or blocking the fear or et cetera, is a huge part of whether or not it develops to trauma. So, I mean, you're on the right track. I'm just kind of yeah. playing language with you because you know part of who we're speaking to here, hopefully, are people who have struggled with trauma. And the last thing I want to do is convey this idea of it's your own fault.
1: But we do want to convey the idea that what they do about it is the important response. And, and that's what we're we're delving into today.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's where we're going today. We're going with if you will do step A, B, C, and D, it can have a powerful impact on whether you enter into the next trauma or whether you get over the last trauma and and how you're able to live in these areas, because back to the basic series, if receiving is the answer, If you're not receiving from God, if you're not receiving from godly people, you're not going to have what you need to do life, which is an absolute recipe for trauma day in and day out. I'm less than, (laughs) I'm less than what's coming at me is greater than I'm going to get tromped day in and day out, and life is going to be a continuous trauma. So if I don't deal with that trauma area, I'm continually being triggered and re-triggered and re-triggered. And I live in that zone, I can't receive, I'm guaranteeing that I stay in that trauma literally the rest of my life. No thank you. No thank you. That's not what you want
1: to do. So let's let's go start soaking and getting the material. Well,
0: it's interesting that last night there was a thunderstorm. Oh, this morning there was a this morning, morning (laughs) okay. This morning. If you're going to be technical, I'll give you that. That is correct. And and there was like this huge thunder clap that came across. Next thing you know, we had the grandchildren, and next thing you know, I'm hearing a whimper and et cetera. And my, my wife happened to be the first one out of the bed, and she went and she picked up my grandson, and and next thing I know, I'm hearing him, Papa, you know, so so <laughs> then it's my turn to get out of bed. And and I'm over and I have this view of spiritual headship. I believe that if I stay in peace, it will transfer to my wife, or it will transfer to grandchildren in this particular case. So I didn't even try to deal with anything, if you will. I, I just took him and I held him. And I held him until I felt like I, I felt like there was spiritual transfer, if you will. And again, this language messes with people. But I held him until I, I felt like there was a definite level of peace there. And once that peace was there, I took him back. I laid him back down, covered him up, and we're done with that. And a lot of times people don't have that point of view. If, if they've been in trauma, they're resistant to receiving from the outside. My grandson wasn't resistant to receiving from the outside. He was primed. He was ready. I mean, Papa's his guy, you know, so he wanted Papa. I took him. I held him. I loved on him. I, I held him at that point. I believe that there was a transfer of peace from me to him. And guess what? that's how the situation works out. But that's such a beautiful picture of step one of recovering from trauma. We need spiritual soaking. We need to be in the presence of people who are peace, who are joy, who are life, who, who are faith, who are whatever it is that we need, and we've got to start soaking that in first. I believe that's the first step of recovery from trauma. Soaking in normal Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, there's a there's a restaurant uh, in Corvallis, Oregon that I always loved, and it's called Nearly Normal, <laughs> and and uh, that's that came to mind when you were describing this because what you're trying to portray is the normal, or at least as close as you can get to the normal situation. He's already out of normal, and and you come with normal to put him in a, a relaxed, a calming state of mind. Uh, It it just uh, was a word association, and you you know by now that I get a lot of those, but normal is what we're looking for. Safe is the language we used before.
0: God's normal. I mean, if you think about this, love, joy, peace, patience, the fruits of the Spirit, that is God's normal. That's supposed to be God's normal. Supposed to be ours, too. It's supposed to be our normal. Trauma, on the other hand, man, I've had something hit me that I'm fearful, I'm overcome, I'm shut down, I'm in all these kinds of states, I don't believe that you can go from shut down to this other state unless or until you start soaking that in, you start this receiving process. Now, the reason I use soaking, most of the time, if I'm already in that state, if I come to you with words, if I come to you with overpowering the traumatized person is going to respond to overpowering in a negative way. So that's why I've used the word soaking. There needs to be somebody in your presence who doesn't need to overpower you, who doesn't need to fix you, who doesn't need to choose whatever word you, need, you want to choose there, but is able to just come and be with you. And next thing you know, there's a through that soaking in process, there's a spiritual change taking place, and that spiritual change prepares you then for the next steps
1: I, I went by the the cemetery in the midst of the big rain, and there was a there was a funeral going on, and i'm thinking uh, uh, but what made me think of that is what we need is comforting it 's soothing it's it's not. Joining in and and adding to Trump,
0: Trump. You need people who are not there to fix you at first. You need people who to be around you, to be still when they, you know, you talked about the cemetery, people who know how to shut their mouths, do a better job of being grief people and grief counselors. Speak when you need to, but just be there and emanate life and emanate peace and emanate love. There's a spiritual soaking, it's step one to Overcoming Trauma. Let's talk about where we've been, a lot of places in this first segment, and then we'll continue.
1: And, and that's why I ask it, because when I thought of that, I'm thinking, uh, you know, is this? I I tend to personalize and and look at what I'm doing to make the situation worse. Uh, I I was real good at seeing what everybody else did, but but over the last period of my life, I've I've changed to a point where I look try to look first at what I'm doing to exacerbate. Or improve the situation.
0: When you're dealing with people who struggle with victim status, and trauma is that, if they don't take the appropriate steps, they can't get better. So what you're bringing up is incredibly powerful, and a lot of times traumatized people, they want to make it about everybody else. And everybody else's reactions are not as powerful on your behalf as your reactions are. So what we're talking about in this segment is surrender steps. Incredibly powerful. What flows through you sticks to you. Until you start believing that, until you start understanding that the steps that I take, the words that I speak, which will be more in the next segment, But the steps that I take, the words that I speak are the most powerful part of restoring me back to a place to where I can receive. So it's not just me. It's me in partnership. So I'm not going back to, all right, you victim, you've been beat up. You're nowhere, but you've got to suck it up. You've got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You've got to pull this together. That's not what I'm saying at all. We started in the last segment with spiritual soaking. You're probably going to need that person to receive from in order to start the process, but I start that process, and then somewhere in there, I get to a point of being able to look at things and go, wow, maybe I could take this next step. It's a struggle,
1: and, and it's continual. It's continual dealing with my thoughts and my emotions while dealing with someone else's. And and we tend to specialize in what we feel and think, which is a natural thing, not always a healthy thing. But the reality is if you're going to be in a relationship of any kind, there's got to be a give and take. And and we get confused in the midst of that. Really. Am I giving too much, taking too much? And, and the same thing, and so there's that, there's that pull back and forth. And, and what, I'm, what I'm learning from going through these ideas with you is uh, the responsibility needs to be a dual thing. If there's going to be a relationship at all, uh, even a conversational relationship, there's a give and take. And we need to learn to take our share and to give our share.
0: I often talk about a term I call spiritual flows, i.e. there's a fear flow or there's a pride flow or a resentment or, or whatever. And, and I like the word flow because it's movement. You know, there's, it's a giving. It's a giving of a message. Well, the fear flow, every spiritual flow has a specific obedience that is tied to it that helps people get better. The fear flow, which trauma is in the fear flow, trauma is intense fear. The the obedience step that I give for the fear flow is take the next step. And what's interesting, if you think about fear, fear is vision, which means that it puts it in the same category as faith. So if I am in trauma, I have vision toward life that is anticipating the next trauma. So I'm pretty much just shut down at that point. I'm, I'm the deer in the headlights. I'm frozen. I'm, I'm at that point of not being able to do anything. And that frozen state will virtually guarantee that I absolutely stay in trauma. So the most significant thing a person in trauma can do, hopefully the right step, if you take the wrong step, that's not so good, but is to take that exact one little step. And the scripture, I, I love the scripture. The word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Well, with the old style lamps, how far could you see? Not <laughs> very far. So how do I see farther? Take the next step. If I take the next step, I can see one step farther. I mean, that's really what it amounts to. And for a trauma person, a fear-based person to take the next step, it's kind of overwhelming. It's like, uh, uh, but, 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 but. That's why you need the soaking first. That's why you need that that godly mentor first to come alongside and begin to help them start the process and point them in a direction and say, okay, now can you take this next step? If you can get people to take the next step, it's incredibly powerful in transforming trauma. What? Instantly? Most of the time, no. It's just the next step. And then there'll be a next step. And then a next step, but that's what it looks like to overcome trauma.
1: When you're describing flow, I have a picture of a dam and uh, on, the, on the, uh, the Snake River, uh, or not, excuse me, the Colorado River. It's a, a magnificent, there's several, but the, the, the one where you run from on, on a trip, uh, there's a spillway. All dams have spillways for excess to be allowed out. And, and I, that, I thought that dam, uh, the, the vision of a dam is, is helpful for me in thinking about that because you stop the flow of the water. Uh, generator electricity, they have to let some out. Uh, in flood conditions, you have to let a lot out. And, but there's times that they, they store up the water. Uh, and for the purposes of of electricity and safety and all kinds of things, but but that's what we do with our relationships and and our fear and trauma. Sometimes we we store it up and it's not healthy, and it needs to you need to let some go out through the spillway. Uh, to, and and in the process, it's going to uh, possibly benefit. It could possibly be a detriment to someone else. But they have a damn, too. And, and so the process of, of regulating is, is personal, and it's also uh, up to the other person.
0: The language that I use is surrender steps, obviously, with the idea of surrender to God. Or you could use the language obedience steps. But I've got to take steps. And it's hard to get a person in trauma to do that. You've got they're, to start. Yeah, it's, it's hard to get them to start. But the biggest thing, you start with the soaking. So it's actually not the start. They don't necessarily know that. But you start with that soaking phase. And then it's like, come on, please, please go with me here. Take the next step. And if you can get them to take that next step, it's amazing what that opens up. It starts the process. It begins to work. Uh, Man, our time's going fast. Enjoying this topic. Uh, Hopefully, you guys are enjoying this topic. We'll take a break. Discuss the surrender steps, and then we'll continue.
1: Okay. But the but the pictures the picture of a dam to me is is it's an edifice, and and it just. It spoke to me because that's what we're doing is we're either damming up uh, for, for safety and, and uh, things coming along or letting it flow. And, and uh, the way we go about that is important. There's a time to, to save it and there's a time to let it go. And so when you were describing that, that's why that kind of spoke to me.
0: That that picture of a dam does directly parallel with trauma. I mean, that's that's the trauma response. White water. I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. We we, we got to stop the white water. We yeah, 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 whatever. And yeah. and so you've got this absolute blockage. And so much of the time, with that blockage, there's all kinds of denial going on. Oh, yeah. There there's there's a, a blindness to self. There's all kinds of different things. And one of the things that we talk about a lot in working with addicts, we talk about the whole concept of how blind we are to self, and that is not a concept for addicts. If you you study the scripture, that's all of us. So we all have this blindness to self going on. One of the most powerful things that will move people forward is, first of all, listening to the people around them so that I become more self-aware in a way that is positive. And then if you tag team that with what I call self-talk, it's incredible to me the power that happens when people speak things in prayer, not think things in prayer, but speak things in prayer or forget even prayer, just speak them out loud to themselves. There's so much power in, first of all, the step of self-awareness and then self-talk. And if I don't get those moving in a healthy way, My ability to overcome trauma is almost zero, which means that my ability to receive is almost zero, which means that I'm stuck and I'm going to stay there for who knows how long before anything gets better.
1: I'm always amazed at the human capacity to believe that whatever I am experiencing, I'm the only one in all of creation that's experiencing that. And to sit in a group and hear someone else say that kind of thing, that, that I'm experiencing this and nobody else, you know, woe is me. And the idea hits, that sounds kind of like what I'm doing. Could, 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 I can't be, because it's got to just be my problem. And, and that listening and, and opening up to the idea that you're not the only one experiencing this, nor have you, uh, are you in all of history the only one that is experiencing this. There are common experiences. Now, they take little different shades and what, they take little different uh, uh, expressions. But <laughs> you're not the only one. And that's, that's a healthy opening to let the, some of that flow, the negative flow. Uh, go on down the river.
0: I mean, to me, that ties in with First Corinthians 10, 13. There is nothing that has overtaken you except that which is common to man. Exactly. You, you haven't gone through anything. You haven't lived through anything. And then I love Hebrews 12. I, again, very, very loose paraphrase where it's like, you ain't dead yet. Look at Jesus. Look at what he went through. Compare your life to his life, or you tell me you had it worse than him. I mean, the innocent lamb who left heaven. You know, everything's worse. I mean, if you're incredibly rich and you you grow up with everything and you have absolutely everything and then you become destitute, it's a little bit harder than if you grew up that way and you never had anything. That that's one thing. But to suddenly have everything, think about Jesus, the riches of heaven and then show up down here and to be born in a manger and to be seen as an illegitimate child and then to be ridiculed oh is that all <laughs> okay okay jesus didn't have much there there wasn't much that went on there right we
1: we minimize and we 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 magnify our importance and how how we have it so bad and, and we minimize everybody else. And that's, that's, uh, that's something that needs to be broken, that needs to be cast off. That means you need to let, let, break down the dam and let the whole thing go there because it, it just consumes us. And in that <laughs> consumption, uh, we're really not even worth being around
0: to me that's part of where if you do a study of the martyrs or the heroes of the faith that have gone through genuine persecution and they've 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 lived these exemplary lives and not backed down when you see those kinds of sufferings and you put what we're going through in perspective of that that is a powerful tool that brings self-awareness you take the scripture that i read about there's nothing that you're going through that's not common that doesn't happen among all people when you get that self-awareness and then you begin to do self-talk of no i will obey christ i was created to bring glory to god i was created to love other people i was called to lay down my life i was called to forgive 70 times seven i mean you start going through just this litany of scriptures And if you're doing that kind of self-talk, it changes your focus, it changes your perspective, it changes your faith. I mean, just reviewing this stuff, talking about this stuff, letting it happen inside of you, and go through what what you should be doing, I mean, it's it's powerful if you will do this as an activity. It's an instrument
1: of change, and change is is something you really want if this is where we're operating from, and we all operate from it at a certain point in time. Hopefully, we lessen that over time by that self-talk and that self-awareness.
0: I know a lot of people who are in trauma who just kind of are sitting around waiting for what I call the God's app. Somebody to fix it. They, they want the right person. They want God. They want something supernatural to happen. And again, I'm, I'm from a group of people. I have a belief system in God being able to overpower in a moment, and I believe that he does that when the prayers of the people and the conditions are right. You see those moments, and you see incredible God encounters. But I also happen to be one of those who looks at what I call spiritual authority, and I'm seeing all the dynamics that we're talking about today and say, no, do the soaking. Do the surrender steps get to this place of self-awareness and begin to do the self-talk and begin to get the perspective in place, you will start moving out of a place of trauma. You will start receiving. It's incredibly transformational if you'll listen to these things. Well, again, we're covering a lot of ground. We'll stop, give you some questions to think about, and then we'll continue. Well, the final segment that I want to talk about uh, and is interesting, we were doing a little prep ahead of time and you, you're like, well, wait a minute, you know, but I'm still going to go ahead and say it this way is the stare down, you know, and, and you, you brought up the idea that staring can be the idea of frozen, the idea of being, you know, you're, you're just kind of in this place, but I'm not talking about that. I'm, I've, I've been through the soaking. I've, I've taken the steps of obedience. I've, t- I've surrendered, I'm, I'm beginning to be self-aware, etc. The last piece of this puzzle is for me to know that I know that I know. Luke talks about this, that the enemy will be put under your feet, in spiritual warfare verses, when we understand the authority that we have in Christ. Now, when that terror thing comes calling, and it's trying to stare me down. It's trying to intimidate me. At some point, I've got to know I'm in a different place, and I've got to be able to stare that thing down and not move.
1: That's like saying, stop right there. Don't come. You're not getting any closer. We're going to deal with it. So that was, I was understanding it in a different way, but it's, it's right there. Don't come any any nearer with that.
0: And if you go to the Ephesians six scriptures, which are the spiritual warfare scriptures, I love it. Stand, withstand, stand, stand. The action is not. God didn't give me the authority to go out and get a big club and bang it over Satan's head and send him away running, etc. Really, the authority that He's given us is to stand and you can't get any closer than this. You know, a lot of times people are like, well, I'm going to send them to hell, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going, I mean, they begin to make bold proclamations. We'll go back to Psalm 23. I was with my shepherd. I was with my Lord who gave me a feast, what? In the presence of my enemies. It's interesting that God doesn't promise us to get rid of our enemies. In fact, in His high priestly prayer what does he say he says i don't pray that you take them out of the world i pray that you let them know that i'm there that i'm with them that i'm going to protect them i'm going to guide them be with them i mean think about all of the imagery we want a world where now that i've had trauma there is no chance that any trauma is ever going to come my way i'm good I'm in a safe place. No, we live in a fallen world. You don't get that opportunity.
1: I encourage you to flash back to, if you've received Christ, uh, the the sense that you had at that moment that everything is going to be great now. There's never going to be anything come along. Well, uh, how did that Turn out
0: how's that working out for you?
1: Exactly, and and we 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 hope for those situations, but that's that's a later on thing. Uh, And and when you when you proclaim God as your master, uh, that Christ has come into your life, the Holy Spirit's guiding it, uh, you're going to attract attention that you've never gotten before, and that, that sometimes we misconstrue that as as God leaving us. But, but he says, I'm with you, and so all you have to do is say stop. And that word is his word. It's not it's, my, my word stop doesn't have any power. But his word stop, which is what he uh, gives me priority to say, uh, it means a lot.
0: Now, again, trauma is in the fear family and Satan is a bully, and he will bully righteous people, unrighteous people. No, he'll bully. Bullies do what bullies do. They bully. He will bully whoever he can bully. So you can go through the first three steps. You can be totally righteous according to God. You can be in the right place. You're obeying God. You're surrendered. You're self-aware. You're doing all of this. Does that mean Satan's done? No. Satan is absolutely not done. He is going to try to put you back into that place of trauma, and that's the importance of this segment. At some point, you've got to know this thing is coming back after you, and it's being actively driven by a real devil with real power who is a real bully, and if you're not able to stand knowing that you got Jesus Christ with you and his protection and his armor around about you, and you're able to stare that thing down and say, no, not again. And even if these are Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego's words, nevertheless, even if we burn, we burn. Our God will be with us. And if you go back to the martyrs and you go back to some of the examples that have been there before us, there is a time in history where, according to the will of God, it's like, There are times when he doesn't intervene. And so if my basis of me being able to stand, my basis of me being able to get to a better place is based on, well, I've got to have a positive outcome, I've got to have all of this, then you won't get to that positive outcome. You've got to go back to the second step of surrender. If you're not in that place of complete surrender to God, and you're able to say Jesus' words, and what was that? Father, not my will, but thine be done. God, I'm willing to do whatever I need to do to bring you glory. When you get to that level of surrender, now you're able to stare the devil down and say, "Uh uh-uh, you are not bringing trauma my way. I am living in a place of faith. If it's the will of God for me to suffer, if it's the will of God for me to even die, I'm willing to go there. When you're making those kind of proclamations and they're true, you can stare the devil down and say, "Not today, Satan."
1: I'm, I'm uh, now and not yet. Is uh, when you talk about prophecy. There's prophecy that is the now, and the not yet at the same time. There are things that uh, were prophesized that happen, but there's uh, uh, the rest of the story comes later and and that's what we're talking about here is the now and not yet. Now we're we're facing some trauma, some struggle and, and Satan's in our face. And and we say no by the power of Jesus, no. That doesn't mean it's going to all be roses. But the not yet is in the end Uh, it'll be better than roses. It'll be better than anything that that we can think of or imagine. And uh, that's a promise that you can live with and live eternally.
0: I did a retreat over the weekend, and one of the key points that I made, as an American culture, we tend to associate pain with the devil and pleasure with God. If that's your dichotomy, if that's the way you see the world, you will stay in trauma. Because if you're expecting your life to be nothing but pleasure, and any time pain comes along, it's this undeserved, awful thing that shouldn't be happening in the will of God, you live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. It is broken. You're going to be disappointed, and out of that disappointment is going to come trauma. But when you really get to the place where Jesus walks... And when Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done, and I'm willing to bring glory to you, God. I'm willing to do what I need to do. I'm willing to lay down my life for others. And if that's what you're calling me to do, when you get to that point of willingness, then you have the authority to stare this thing called trauma down, and you can go to a completely different place. When you get to this last segment, and you listen to what we're talking about. I'm not talking easy stuff. I'm not talking basic stuff. We've taught Christianity so much at that level, and the outcome of that, many Christians are traumatized because they have wrong expectations. But what we can teach you, and what I do believe is, you do not have to live in trauma. You can overcome it. You can continually be drinking in from God and others in a way that you're receiving. You're made strong and you can handle life i hope you get that vision of what it's like to be in christ and to be an overcomer